Welcome into Searching for San Antonio, part of the San Antonio Podcast Network. This series explores the Alamo City by showcasing small businesses, nonprofit organizations, and all of the wonderful people that make San Antonio what it is. Join us as we search for the true meaning of being a San Antonian. As we get started on another great episode of the podcast, I want to say thank you to all of the listeners who have been tuning in to the show week in and week out. I really hope you keep enjoying the podcast. I also want to give a welcome to anyone checking out the show for the very first time. If you want to support the podcast, you can do so by visiting the link in bio and clicking support monthly. This week, I'm getting back to the roots of the podcast in a couple of ways. First off, by featuring a small business owner, something that the podcast really hasn't done in a while, uh, but also by featuring a coffee shop. And for those who have been tuning in since day one, or at least went back and listened to the early episodes, you'll know that the first ever podcast interview I did was with Jacob Harrell Zeidelman, owner of the local cold brew coffee company, Quick Sip. Now that was, of course, the original Essay Talk podcast before the rebrand to the podcast network format that you now know. Um, but, you know, up to this point, I really enjoyed interviewing all of these nonprofit organizations. Among all else, I've learned so much over the last few months or so from these amazing nonprofits. I mean, they're some of my favorite people to talk to and interview just because of their passion uh, for helping the community and helping the people around them and all the services that they offer to San Antonio and the families of San Antonio. Just doing a little reflecting after editing some previous episodes recently, it's been pretty cool to look back at all of these organizations that I've been fortunate enough to interview. You know, the San Antonio Food Bank, the San Antonio Museum of Science and Technology, or SAMSAT, Boys and Girls Clubs of San Antonio, Big Brothers Big Sisters of South Texas, World Affairs Council of San Antonio, Hemisphere, Any Baby Can recently, Haven for Hope a while back. I mean, that's a ton of great people, great organizations that make up San Antonio. Uh, But with that said, I am really happy to feature a local business on this episode of Searching for San Antonio. So today I have Amanda Mesados, owner of Fahrenheit 209 Coffee in Southtown. Fahrenheit 209 is located inside Wong's Bodega at 1502 South Flores Street. It's on the corner of Ceballos and South Flores, and you can't miss the coffee shop when you walk inside the bodega. The coffee shop opened in December of 2020 and has only grown in popularity since. Amanda roasts Pulp Coffee, a local coffee roaster, and she partners up, along with Wong's Bodega, with a lot of other local businesses to provide food and host events there at the bodega. Really excited to get to that interview, but before I do, I want to remind the listeners that this episode is brought to you by Live from the Southside. Live from the Southside is a Latina-owned online and print publication that helps residents and visitors find things to do on the south side of San Antonio and throughout Texas. Their goal is to improve and expand the community relationships through promoting positive stories, interesting people, and businesses in the community. You can visit their website at southsidesanantonio.com, which is also where you can order the Live from the Southside magazine. You can also order your copy of the magazine on Amazon or simply subscribe to their newsletter to receive your online edition. Lastly, you can follow them at SouthsideSATX on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Huge thank you to April Monterosa and Life on the Southside for supporting the podcast. Listeners, we're going to take a quick break and I'll be right back with my interview with Amanda Mesaros of Fahrenheit 209 Coffee. This is what we're made of. The businesses that line our streets and the customers that make them flourish. As a business owner, this is your community, your members, your regulars, your neighbors. Your business is unique. So are your customers. No matter who you need to reach, Spectrum Reach is here to help you connect with the right message on every screen. Visit SpectrumReach.com to connect with a local advertising expert. That's SpectrumReach.com. 
Welcome back into Searching for San Antonio. Like I mentioned earlier, I have Amanda Mesados, owner of Fahrenheit 209 Coffee, joining me on the podcast. I'm honored to say that I visited Fahrenheit the day it opened back in December of 2020, and since then it's been on my local coffee shop rotation when I'm in the downtown or Southtown area. Both Amanda and the other barista you'll meet, Derek, are wonderful people and will definitely take care of you when you stop by. So with that said, let's get right into my interview with Amanda Mesados. Well, thank you. Amanda, for joining me on Searching for San Antonio. I'm really excited to have you on, uh, not just to have you on and talk about your coffee shop and yourself, but also because kind of getting back to the roots of the podcast. Uh, And I say that because when I first started the podcast, we focused on a lot of small businesses. And it's just over the past, I would say, three months or so, three or four months, that it's kind of shifted to a lot of nonprofits. But I really want to get back into also, you know, interviewing the small business owners because that's that's what really grew the podcast in the first place. So I'm excited to have you on. Thank you for having me. I feel so honored <laughs> bringing that back. So tell, I guess, explain a little bit of your uh, of your backstory. Are you from San Antonio originally? I am a military brat. My dad was Navy, retired 28 years. They're living in a little town called Harper, Texas now, living their best <laughs> life. So I've been in Texas It'll be seven years in August, which is crazy for me to say. You're used to the heat already? No. (laughs) (laughs) You never get used to it. (laughs) not. The hottest place we've lived for sure. But this is, yeah, it'll be seven years. So that's definitely the longest I've ever lived in one One place. It's crazy. How long have you been in San Antonio? San Antonio, I've lived here three months. Yeah, I moved here from Bernie about three months ago when I realized I can't be driving from Bernie every single day. (laughs) (laughs) So what's your background in coffee? How did you get started in, in, in coffee? So we were stationed overseas in Italy for a little while when I was younger. And that was kind of my introduction to coffee was because it was everywhere. And then flash forward a few years later, we ended up living in Washington State, Seattle area. And obviously coffee culture up there is booming. It's huge. So I already kind of had a, a love for it. And then when I moved down here, first job I had down here after a week of living here was a little teeny tiny coffee shop called Freedom Cup in Bernie. And that kind of just lent me on my journey. When you were in Washington State, did you ever go to the the original Starbucks location? I did. I did. I, I went one time. It was always really busy. I myself am not a huge Starbucks fan. I love that they've gotten people interested in coffee, mm-hmm. but there's so much more that other coffee shops have done to expand on the culture. And I think that's what's really cool about it. Absolutely. And that's why I enjoy the, I guess you could say coffee boom, I guess you could say here in San Antonio, uh, but just in general of other coffee shops besides Starbucks, besides Dunkin' opening up so that you can explore more of those those notes, those flavors, yeah. you know, when it, when it comes to coffee. So what led to you opening up your first shop? For me, I had always kind of had in mind, I really wanted to open something. I didn't realize it'd be this soon in my life, but I'm extremely (laughs) grateful for it. But I was working at a restaurant full time. And then I was also working at another coffee shop, which I give all my credit to my knowledge of coffee to the Wandering Calf, all the way out in Comfort, Texas. If you're ever out there, go check it out. It's awesome. But I was, I was working there and friend of a friend, Raul, the owner of Wong's Bodega, he had reached out to me and said, hey, I don't know anything about coffee, but I kind of want to open a coffee shop to complement the bodega. Do you want to like 
help me out. I was like, yeah, sure. Let's, let's do this. Did not know the guy totally was like <laughs> jumping off the diving board, but he ended up being a fantastic partner with this. And I couldn't have started this. And I mean, I didn't know anything about business if it weren't for him. So I am extremely grateful for that. So he was kind of there to help you along the way, getting started, kind of understanding the business side of things exactly. uh, when starting the shop. Exactly. And really teaching me like, like, I didn't know what an EIN number was and I didn't know, you know, like how to build a business plan or anything like that. So he, his whole background and everything, he was huge help on that and vice versa. I been trying to train him with coffee. I've been training him <laughs> to learn how to enjoy coffee in different ways. He can make his own coffee, but he won't. So he's a little stubborn. We're still working on him. <laughs> <laughs> what What's behind the name? What's behind the logo? So Fahrenheit 209 is basically, to me, the ideal temperature for brewing coffee. And I say that because it doesn't have to be that specific. Anything above like the 205 range, you're, you should be good. But temperature is a huge, hugely, hugely important when you're trying to express the flavors out of the coffee beans themselves. Um, you're shocking them. So you're, you're allowing them to go. And then all their little notes are in your mouth. And Well, I, and, and see, I didn't know you, you bring up the term notes. And I said that earlier. I didn't know the intricacies, I guess you could say, of, of the coffee world and the flavors up until it was our first interview on the podcast when I interviewed Jacob from QuickSip. He was really the one who kind of explained all that. I was like, I, you're speaking, you know, a foreign language to me. I don't know anything what you're talking about. After that episode, you know, I kind of thought more about it. And, and I would read into when I'm looking at a roast, I would see, okay, what are the notes in this roast? And I would try to identify them as I'm drinking them. So anyways, I find that the world of coffee a little interesting <laughs> and people don't know. Yeah. And it really does. It takes the right person to kind of take someone under your wing to really learn about it and appreciate it. So I, I use Pulp Coffee, um, their local coffee roaster, and they're really into kind of finding, you know, either new batches or new places to buy from and source from. And they have one, it's from Colombia, and they use a process called carbonic maceration. It's harvested and then processed almost like a fine wine. That's just one little farm with one niche way of processing their product. Think of how many other farms there are in the world and their own little intricacies from, you know, temperature to humidity to whatever, just from the farm standpoint. And then you go to the roaster and then you go to the brewer and all of that is going to affect those different notes that you're going to taste. And it's just, it's really cool to me. Like I said, people don't think about that. They think about the the coffee bean that they buy or the or the grounds that they buy. They don't think of what went into preparing those coffee beans and growing them and, and things of that sort. I'm glad you brought up the pulp uh, coffee that, that, that you roast. Is that the only roast that you have there at Fahrenheit? Yeah, that's our that's our roaster. We have multiple roasts that we purchased from him. I'm just a diehard fan of pulp. A lot of his coffee has a lot of floral and fruity notes. And that's just what I prefer. I think it's all up to preference. There's some fantastic roasters in San Antonio, as you know, like there's a huge community for it. But I, I knew James and Liza, or Lisa from Pulp through the last coffee shop I used to work for. And I built a relationship with them. And I just fell in love with not only their brand and what they produce, but them as people too. They're just, they're awesome. So what are the most popular menu items that you have right now that you've seen so far? 
We have a lot of people that really like the, they do a lavender matcha. We make all of the syrups in-house. So we like to play a lot with flavors and things like that. And it's been really cool to see people are willing to try some of the weird things that we come up with. Like we have a habanero mocha that is a little scary at first, <laughs> but people like they come in just for that now. And it's, it's really cool. So we have that. We have pear and brown sugar, nitro cold brew latte. So it's shaken, makes you feel it's all fancy. It's like, you know, <laughs> I'm not a bartender, but it feels like it. <laughs> so those are fun. And then uh, we do a latte that's with orange juice, cinnamon, vanilla, and then grated peel and CO on top. So like the brown sugar cones. And that's inspired after a cafe de olla, which is a mm -hmm. traditional Mexican brewed coffee. So yeah, we just like to play with flavors and everyone that has typically tried them, they, they come back for them, which is super cool on my end. I'm like, it makes me feel good. Yeah. I, I mean, I really liked that. I, I was pulling up the menu here on my laptop. I was like, cause I didn't remember the exact name, but I know it, it was something spicy. Um, yeah. And I believe it was the spice chai latte is what I had got one time. And I was like, you know what? This is spicy and this is good. Like, I really liked it. What I like doing, if I go to a coffee shop, I ask them, like, what do you think I should get? Like, what would you recommend? That's what I like doing because they're the ones who know. You're the one, like, if I'm talking to you, Amanda, like, you're the one that's going to know. <laughs> but no, I, I really like that. Um, what challenges did you face opening up a coffee shop? And I, mean, I know you were working with Raul and Wong's Bodega. Uh, but what challenges did you face opening during a pandemic? Truly a big part of it, I think, was marketing and getting the word out. Because I, for one, am not the person to come to when it, it comes to social media or making sure you're consistent about posting and talking to people and networking. I'm I'm a total like introvert. So when it comes to to connecting with people and really reaching out and be like, hey, come in and try this, you know, you may not be out and about and wanting to socialize with people and you may not want to be around a bunch of people but getting the word out that hey we're not we're not super busy you know come take come it to visit, go if come you want try to. it out yeah yeah it's just getting people um to get out of the houses for a second and that that's kind of that was pretty much the biggest issue i think that and then in the beginning when uh people needed to come and check the space and make sure we could be licensed correctly there was a little bit of a just a timing delay in that what are some things that you you've learned since uh, opening on day one? Some things that you maybe didn't think about before or maybe were a surprise to you? I think, honestly, that I could do it. Being a part of the community down here, they really built my confidence a lot. You know, as much as you second guess yourself and everything, it's like, okay, I can remind myself, like, I'm still here and we're still chugging along and people are happy and I'm happy. And that's like the biggest thing for me is like, that's a personal growth as well as, you know, the learning the financial side of it and learning the marketing and all that kind the of boring stuff. stuff. <laughs> yeah, you know, like yeah, the backhand side of business. That's been a huge learning curve for me. It's been great. What kind of things have you if you added there? Because every time I go in, I feel like there's like something new, whether it be a piece of equipment or something on the back. I know on the wall for a little while, there wasn't really much. And then eventually, like now you have uh, things on the back wall. So like, what are some things you've added? I finally got my menu up, which was a really big deal. <laughs> it's been sitting painted next to my little side table for like three, four months or so. We finally got a sign outside. So that's exciting. There's someone that is going to, they're working on a mural for the background of it to make it like pop more when you drive by. 
I just got a blender, but I need to get a freezer before I can make any of those kinds of things yet. But it's coming soon. <laughs> I promise. Oh, and then we have the breakfast burritos from Hash. We do that Monday, Wednesday, Fridays, and they've been. I've seen that. Yeah, and, and we've been trying to do tacos Tuesdays, Thursdays, Sundays. I'm trying to do food every day. <laughs> they're like vegetarian tacos. Yeah, they're 100% vegan. So we get the burritos from Hash Vegan Eats just down the road from us, and they do like a buffalo chicken one and a breakfast one and chili, and they've got a few options. And then we get breakfast tacos from Primero Taco, and his other name is Tidy Ben's. He does vegan vegan sloppy joes over at Jokesters. I think it's off South Alamo. Alamo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's over there, but his little this side new thing he's doing right now is his tacos so he's been really good and then my taqueria she's another one why do you think there has been like a boom in the coffee trucks like that's something we didn't see before for for many years and then all of a sudden you see a lot more coffee trucks i mean i'm guessing it's just because it's a lot cheaper to get a truck than an actual space i'm assuming that's a big reason but i've seen some places where they have a shop and a truck is that something that you've thought about maybe, or you're kind of just waiting to see? That's actually, that was the original plan was we were going to have a 100% solar powered coffee truck. It was going to be parked next to the bodega. And then we went to finances and we're like, oh, it'll probably be cheaper to do it inside. That wasn't true. <laughs> <laughs> but I think a big part of coffee trucks is it's a cool, like people like to go look for something. They like to go look for something that moves Usually their menus are a little bit smaller and they have like that one big highlight, that big pop. They're cute to take pictures with. They're usually mom and pop owned. They're really small. They have like a a cool feeling to it, I guess. Like when you go and definitely Instagrammable. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And you feel like you can go next to it and like take pictures next to the truck and they all look a little different from each other. They all have their own little niche design. And I, I love it. I think it's cool. And there's, so many of them in San Antonio right now, like just coffee alone. I've noticed it's booming right now. I know you mentioned just a minute ago about how surprising it was, you know, seeing people come in, become regulars, you know, ordering these drinks that you've kind of experimented with. And But if you could name one thing that you've enjoyed the most so far about being a business owner, a small business owner, owning your own coffee shop, what has been the most enjoyable factor? I think for me, it's, I'm making really cool friends. Like it doesn't feel like work. And I know that sounds like that's something that everyone says. It's like when you're doing something you love, it doesn't feel like work, but it's, it's genuinely true. Like I will have people or like even Derek, he's like, why are you here today? You're off. And I'm like, I just want to be here. Like, I just feel really good being there. I mean, obviously I've, I've loved other places that I've worked before, but this is like genuinely, I think the coolest thing that I can say I've like, I've gotten to do, you know? Yeah. Well, and it's your baby. Yeah, it's my, exactly. It's my baby. I love my baby and I want to be with my baby all time, all the time. <laughs> In fact, I've slept <laughs> at my baby one night. <laughs> I've stayed the night there before. <laughs> yeah. I, I can attest to that. I, it feels and again, this is about you, so I don't want to dive too much into like my experience with the podcast, but I, I can relate to to that feeling being that, you know, it's something that you created and you feel like it's yours. And so you're sometimes you're willing to do things for free. You know, you don't want to. You, obviously, you want you need you need to make money to to sustain yourself. But sometimes, you know, it's like you're willing to do something for free because that is your baby. That's your business. Yeah. Um, so I can 
can definitely relate to that. It's always exciting talking about the future and future plans and ideas. So what are some ideas, maybe things that may, may or may not ever happen, but like ideas you have for the coffee shop in the future? One of my big, big goals, and it may not necessarily be with Fahrenheit, it may be another journey, but I would love to have a traveling coffee trailer. And you can ask like my family and everything. This is something I've talked about for years, but a traveling coffee trailer that moves from city to city probably in like a shipping container or something. You just have someone move it every few months that implements a training program for people with different types of disabilities in those communities, gives them training and working in kitchens. So not only are they working with coffee and they're working with customers and stuff, but they're building a resume and they're given a little, like a certificate of something that shows that they're hireable and have something to offer because I feel like that's a huge community that's way overlooked and big inspiration for that for me was the coffee shop I used to work for on Comfort. She opened up so her daughter would have a place to work when she got out of high school and seeing how much of an impact she's made on not only her daughter, but that community. I feel like that would be something really cool to share all over the country. I think it's would be huge. Most definitely. So. I like that. I really, do. I really, really like that. Um, even if it wasn't just traveling, you just had like an organization that did that and just had places in multiple cities. Yeah, you know, there's just that, a program that like it. that. Yeah. You know, something I like to ask on the podcast to the guests I invite on is like, what do you think it means to be a true San Antonian? Honestly, it feels like, at least in Southtown, the area I'm in, it feels like a small town. So to me, it's community, it's family. It's people that are, they just want to help each other grow. It's just cool. Like people are really kind here and they're very accepting of, you know, your flaws. Okay. Like, you know, say I was a little late to open up one day and my hair is a mess or whatever. People are like, oh no, it's okay. Yeah. I did the same thing last week at my job. Like people are just really (laughs) cool, you know? And I think it's a big part of it is not only being uplifting, but supporting each other and spreading the word that each other are there. That may just be through the business that I'm picking up on that because I'm there all the time. But I feel like I've made some really genuine friends down here. And it's just a friendly city. I know you mentioned earlier that you consider yourself to be an introvert. So this question may be a little tough. I, you probably don't like being in the spotlight. But how do you want to be remembered? Like, like, what do you want your legacy to be? How do you want... And it may not be yourself. It's it's okay. Like your legacy can be the work you did, right? It doesn't have to be you like, okay, we got to remember Amanda, but just the work that you did. How do you want to be remembered or how do you want your coffee shop to be remembered? That's heavy. (laughs) (laughs) I want the space that I create to be comfortable for anyone, introverts, for extroverts, to animals. I want everyone that comes in to feel comfortable when they come and they feel comfortable just being themselves because it it can be hard for me like if I go into a place where it's not welcoming and it's not a not necessarily an unfriendly environment but not people that are trying to kind of engage me I'll just kind of stand and wait and awkwardly leave like it's I don't (laughs) want that for anyone you know cool to stay last question I have for you what advice would you give to someone who maybe is in your shoes months ago who feels like maybe they're an introvert, maybe they wouldn't do well in business, they don't have the business background, but they're really good at what they do and they're very knowledgeable about uh, whatever that may be. Like, what advice would you give them? Seek discomfort because that's how you grow. 
this is super cheesy, but there's this channel on YouTube I love. It's called Seek Discomfort. And that's their motto. It's like, you know, if you're not doing something that's just outside of your comfort zone or enough that's pushing yourself, you're going to stay where you're at. Nobody wants that. You want to kind of be striving. So I say just jump into it. It's going to be scary, but you'll figure it out as you go. And you'll meet supportive people that will help you along the way. Well, before I let you go, be sure to give the listeners where they can find you, where they can follow Fahrenheit 209. Uh, How can we make sure that we are keeping up? So we are inside of Wong's Bodega on 15, yeah, 1502 South Flores Street. And then our Instagram is Fahrenheit 209 Coffee. And then follow Wong's as well. They're great and they're better at posting than I am. So they're better (laughs) about showing what kind of events and stuff we have going on because we we do a lot of stuff on the weekends here. Most definitely. Well, I do encourage, I'm speaking to the listeners here, but I do encourage you above, above all else, just go visit the coffee shop. Go visit Wong's. Go visit Fahrenheit 209. I recommended it on the Essay Talk series as one of the recommendations of the week, you know, a couple months back, but I really do. I mean, it's an awesome space in general, but then the coffee shop just added another element to it there at Wong's Bodega. And so, of course, go visit. You can go visit Amanda. You can go visit Derek. They'll be there. But Amanda, I appreciate you joining me. I really enjoyed the conversation. Um, I hope it was an easy space for you to talk with me about your shop. You made this so much easier than I thought this was going to be. Thank you so much, Zach. You're awesome. I, I really, really appreciate you doing this for us. That's going to wrap up my interview with Amanda Mesados of Fahrenheit 209 Coffee in Southtown. We're going to take a quick break and I'll be right back with my interview recap. So stay tuned. Hey guys, it's Zach. As some of you may know, I help people plan for retirement. And as your advisor, I can not only show you how money truly works, but put you in control of your money today and in retirement. If you're looking to schedule a financial review, please give me a call at 210-760-0409. Welcome back into Searching for San Antonio. I want to say thank you to Amanda again for joining me on the podcast. I know her time is very limited because of what it takes to really run a coffee shop and a great one at that. As a reminder, you can follow them at Fahrenheit209Coffee. If you don't know how to spell Fahrenheit, F-A-H-R-E-N-H-E-I-T, Fahrenheit209Coffee. You can follow them on Instagram and Facebook. Like a lot of other small businesses, it's a good idea to follow them on social media just in case they have to open up late one day or maybe close early on another particular day. Um, But you should also follow Fahrenheit because of the pictures of coffee they put. Um, I don't think that ever gets old. I really admire Amanda uh, just for her own strength and and courage to start this coffee shop. I know that Raul from Wong's Bodega there helped her out by offering some space and some advice and help, uh, but it really takes a big step to run your own small business, uh, even a coffee shop inside the bodega. It's, It's not just a big step financially, it's also difficult mentally and emotionally. It takes a lot to run a small business. There are days that are slow, and then there are days that are so busy you want to rip your hair out. Not only that, but there's going to be moments where you'll get a bad Yelp review or two. And you might get down on yourself, but of course you have to remind yourself the value that you are adding to all of the other people that enjoy your product or your service. Another aspect that is overlooked is the business side. You know, just from talking to a lot of business owners and and knowing some just throughout my lifetime, I guess, uh, there's so many creative, artsy, brilliant, and talented people out there. 
but not everyone knows or honestly probably wants to know the business side of things when it comes to running your own business. To many, this can be a very boring side of having your own shop, like in Amanda's example. You heard her say how she's still learning the business side, and that's where Raul can help. Um, and, and that's the case with many entrepreneurs out there, and unfortunately, it's why some fail. Uh, but I really believe that Amanda does a great job alongside Raul and his brother there at Wong's Bodega. Amanda has a passion for coffee. I think you saw that. I think you heard that. And she loves putting a smile on her customers' faces. She loves just people coming in day after day, repeat customers ordering things that maybe she recommended or she experimented with and they liked. I think it puts a smile on her face when that happens. Uh, and more importantly, it seems like she has a passion for the community that she's in. I mean, you heard her say that she was a military brat and she moved around a lot. Um, and so, you know, she's been to different places. She's lived in different cities, different towns. And being here, she just likes the area. She loves the area. Um, and again, I think that is vital, especially for a local coffee shop like Fahrenheit 209. Community is everything, and in my mind, it's one of the main ingredients that make up a true San Antonian. So that is going to do it for another episode of Searching for San Antonio. I really hope you enjoyed the interview with Amanda. If you haven't done so already, please subscribe on your preferred listening platform. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, I also please ask that you leave a rate and review if you haven't already. If you want to keep up with the show and our other talk show, SA Talk, please give us a follow on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, at SAPod Network. If you have any questions about advertising or partnering opportunities, please reach out to me directly, Zachary, Z-A-C-H-A-R-Y, at sapodnetwork.com. If you're a listener and want to support the show, visit our link in bio on any social media platform and click support monthly. Thanks again for listening, and viva San Antonio.